This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome, friends, to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. Thank you for joining us on another episode. It's always a joy to have you guys uh, listen or watch to each and one of the testimonies that we get to bring to you every Tuesday at 9 a.m. <laughs> that is our schedule. Uh, and as I always been reminding you guys, in order to stay connected with each other, we would love for you to go and follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can find the link here on the show notes or the description. And you can also check out our website. We have a little website that we have created. So just stay in touch with us in, in that way. Uh, and we would love to hear from you guys. So you can either send us an email uh, or you can leave us a review. And that will be very helpful for all of us if you just left, left us a review just to let us know how this has been an encouragement to you and how's, how the Lord has been using this podcast in your life. So you can leave the review in iTunes or even in our Facebook page. So again, you can find uh, the link here on the show notes. And friends, I would like to just take a moment to let you guys know about a book that it will be released very soon by our dear brother, Daryl Harrison. He is the co-host of the Just Thinking podcast. So him and Virgil Walker have been working really hard on this book. And uh, it's the Just Thinking About the State. And you can pre-order your book right now. Uh, you can go to press.founders.org or you can also pre-order on Amazon. So you will be able to find the link uh, to pre-order this book on the show notes here or the description. So go ahead and check it out. And friends, as we do every Tuesday, we have a new guest. And this guest, <laughs> we have been able to connect to connect through Instagram. Just talking, I was just talking about the Just Thinking podcast, but funny enough, it's that she found the Just Thinking podcast and she started listening to the Just Thinking podcast. And then through the Just Thinking podcast, she learned about the BART network. Then she went to the BART network and there she found our podcast. So we've been texting, I think, since like January. Yeah. And uh, this weekend that we are recording, she decided to come down to LA, well, to... Los Angeles to visit, you know, to visit us. And, uh, but she's living up north, right? Mm -hmm. Up north California. Yep. And it's just been really sweet just getting to know her. And she is that friend that I've been mentioning about how she loves books. <laughs> so anytime, <That's> yeah. yes, <laughs> anytime that anyone mentions a book here and because she is such mm -hmm. a faithful listener of our podcast. So she, she's keeping a list of the books that everyone that's mentions. Yeah, <laughs> so we talk true. about the books and things like that. So no, it's just been really neat just to get to know her. And it is such an honor to have her and to be able to share her testimony. So please help me welcome Andrea Arias. Yes. Arias? Arias. Arias. It's, good. Go. it's good. I know, right? Hello. So we have two Andrea. So we have Andrea and then... <laughs> <laughs> so now let me see. So we have Andrea. Let's keep it the Spanish way. And then Andrea, our dear Andrea. In the audio back here. <laughs> in, in the back. Yes. yes. She's back here. So... <laughs> No, thank you so much for joining us. I know that we were like trying to figure it out if we we're going to do it via Zoom or if we we're going to do it in person. So yeah. I'm glad that you decided to come down to L.A. Oh. and visit us. Yeah, It's been a great time. It's been fun getting to know everybody and 
just seeing the people that I've seen on the podcast, like in the church, just walking by, oh, I know that person. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what happened. That's She's what like, happened. oh, you were in the podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> so we're getting so people mixed up that weren't on the podcast. <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> now everyone has been on the podcast, probably, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you from the podcast? No. No, yeah. but yeah, it's been great. We've been talking for, for a little while now. and yeah. yeah, Yeah, it's been a couple of months now. But, um, you know, it's just a reminder, you know, like the Lord uses anything that we do, really. We mm -hmm. don't know who is going to reach. And we're just so grateful that the Lord is so kind to, Amen. you know, to be able to use this to as an encouragement to believers, mm -hmm. but even like non-believers, unbelievers that, you know, that might listen to this, that they will come to know Christ. Right. And that is our goal. Amen. So how about we begin with giving us a little background about you, just sharing a little bit about your upbringing, your family, just share a little bit about, you know, like your childhood, and then you can take it from there. Yeah. Alrighty. So I'm not originally from California. I'm from the East Coast, represent, the, you know, the East <laughs> We're Coast. We're from the East Coast. Well, yeah, I mean, th that's so true. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Andrea's from North Carolina. Arlenius is from, from New York. York. <laughs> originally the Dominican Republic, no. but, you know, New York. Yeah. So, you know, we all know about like winter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we do. Yeah. Snow. The four oh, distinct yeah. seasons. So I'm from Maryland originally. And so I've, you know, was raised there, was born and raised there. And I had mentioned this to you earlier that I was born premature. So mm -hmm. I was born at, at, at eight months. You know, you're supposed to be born at, at, at nine. But I, um, and my mom told me all of this, you know, cause I didn't know any of it until mm -hmm. I was maybe like in middle school when she really explained it to me, like, You know, she would always tell me, you know, your life is a gift. You're like a miracle baby. Mm. But you don't really know what kind of a miracle God did in your life. Yeah. And so you look back and you're like, wow, God's, God's hand was working even then. Even before I was born, like it says in Psalms, like, mm -hmm. you know, he, he would knit me in my mother's womb. Mm. Um, and so my mom, she had like high levels of like acid when I was about three. She was three months along with me. Oh. And she she had like high levels of acid, and it would be like poisonous. So the doctor was giving her me like just medication to keep it down until like I could come into the world. And say they said safely I could come in to the world at eight months. That was like the time. And so you know she had a C section. And I came out, and I spent about almost like a good eighteen months in and out of the hospital. Oh wow! Yeah. So. I mean, I, I was born, um, I had some underdeveloped urinary systems, mm -hmm. the toxins that you're supposed to filter out through your body. Like my kidney was not doing that properly. So they were just scared that I was keeping all of that inside of me. I spent a year in the hospital, a year in and out of, of the hospital seeing doctors. And, um, what she told me was that right after I was born, they had to like go to like a specialty hospital. So she didn't get to go home with me. Mm -hmm. They had to go to, from the hospital where she gave birth to another hospital. So there was no going home. Mm -hmm. So her and my dad, um, you know, they, they were believers. So they were praying to the Lord for that miracle because they, they didn't want me to suffer. Mm -hmm. And at 18 months, the doctors, they did, they did a surgery to try to fix, but it wasn't, nothing had worked. So they were like, okay, come back in three months. We'll do some tests again. Yeah. And my parents were praying and my mom and my dad, they just remember standing outside the hospital saying, okay, Lord, like this is it. 
either, you know, we are so thankful for these 18 months you gave us, but if she's going to suffer, like, that's not, we, we, we just don't yeah. want her to suffer. So it's just like that, like, you know, calling out to the Lord, like in yeah. desperation and, and, and in faith as well. Okay. Three months later, we, um, they all went back with me and the doctor just said, oh, well, they did some tests on me and they were like, oh, she's fine. Like she's healed. Like there's nothing wrong with her. And the doctor, he phoned my parents and saying, well, your daughter's been healed. But like doctors don't really use that kind of terminology. They don't really acknowledge Mm -hmm. too much that there's a miracle or that there's a healing. Mm -hmm. But my mom just remembers like getting that call and saying your daughter's healed. And she's like, when do we have to come back to the hospital? She's like, nope, you don't have to come back. She's fine. And I hadn't been, I hadn't visited a hospital since then for that 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 yeah. that issue ever i would say god early on had his hand on my life thankfully yeah. and i mean i i look back and i think what a blessing it was for me to have two parents who believed in the lord mm-hmm. and to pray and praying not asking like god you have to heal her mm-hmm. because you're going to be real if you do mm-hmm. they just left it up into his hands yeah. and i mean that's just well for me, yeah. like just the faith that they had early on with such a difficult um, event that they had to go yeah. through. So, I mean, and, and it's just to see like you, like you mentioned, your parents, they were praying to the Lord. So what an answer to our prayers, right? Like, yes, like the Lord won't always answer in the way mm-hmm. that we wish he did. Right. right. But we know that he is sovereign over mm-hmm. all thing and he is in control and mm-hmm. he is the way, the one who gives life and he is the only one who can, you know, take it back, you know, take the life. Um, but what a, a gift and what a, a grace from the Lord to show, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, just like what a blessing to see him working at such a young age. But again, you know, like like you said, so your parents mm-hmm. are believers, are believers, yes. so very strong believers, trusting the Lord. Um, but again, that doesn't mean like, oh yeah, my parents are believers, so that means I'm saved or right. anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that you have a background, so your parent, your dad is from... Colombia. Colombia. Medellin. Medellin, me Colombia. specific. <laughs> and then my your mom, mom is from Lima, Peru. Lima, Peru. Yeah. Okay, so you have like a, you know, I got good food with me. Yeah. <laughs> she has the Latin, you know, yes. culture in the background. So, yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, after all of this happens, right? And, and then growing up with both of your parents, like what is their involvement in your spiritual life? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what about church? Like what's happening between, let's say, like spiritual life, right? Mm-hmm. Like how are they, are they teaching you about God? Are they teaching you about sin? Like, you know, how are they teaching you all these things like what is the dynamic between the family within the family yeah so and I will always be grateful to my parents because they taught me what a devotional was like they sat down with me and they said so this is how you do a devotional you know like not like a step-by-step but they got me like my first little like 365 devotional book so they taught me the importance of praying to God on my own and of reading the bible on my own because you can get accustomed to just going on Sundays Mm -hmm. and saying, well, this is the only food that I need Mm -hmm. and then living your life out. And I I can truly say that they practiced what they taught me. And that for me was the greatest, I would say example. Like that was Mm -hmm. a great foundation for me to have because that, that helped me in in my faith or like just early on, saying oh well like this is real like people actually they do go to their rooms 
before that they like we like wake up and they do pray mm-hmm. you know or after bed you know when i would they you know they, they would tuck me in like i would hear you know them like praying <laughs> and so i was like oh so people like they actually do this and yeah. i i went to a christian school so i was getting it from like both ends i was getting it in school and also at at, at home i really enjoyed how my parents like would sit down with me i you know i said the prayer when i was five you know <laughs> I like knelt down. Um, I I remember where I was. I don't remember what I said, but I just I remember thinking, well, if God is so good, like I want to be with God. I want to be in heaven, I, I, and I want to be with Him. If He like made me, I, I you know. So I really had this just like love, like mm-hmm. this little first love for like for for the Lord. Um, and I knew things were bad, like lying was bad. But it, it was never like how a conviction of true like sin, like mm-hmm. I had sinned against the the Lord and against his holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, my mom was telling me that at the age of three, I would sing this song in Spanish. Like, I mean, I won't sing it because I can't <laughs> sing. But apparently, I would be singing this song in Spanish that was like, I was lost and God found me. Now my life is his. I don't know. I don't remember this. But she was like, yeah, that's the song that you would hear like when you were at church and I was like, I don't remember ever doing that when yeah. I was three. Yeah. Um, and so I had a good, uh, like Bible teaching at, at, at home and at school. Um, so that was great in being raised up. And the first church that I, I remember going to was this. So my parents were, um, both at this church called La Alianza. I don't know how it is in English. Um, and then they moved to this Pentecostal church um and it was very legalistic and like looking back i wouldn't be able to have survived because i'm not like a skirt wearing kind of person <laughs> oh so they you had to wear skirts. yeah you had skirts. to wear like skirts and dresses and i i just remember having bad memories of skirts like just very itchy so i was, I was probably like not cut out for that yeah. but my but and how old are you i was like i was three three I believe that was the church I went to for about two years. So I was probably like one to okay. three years old. And um, my parents were like, it was very legalistic. So my parents decided this church is not for, like, this is not for us. It's not where we want to raise our children. And so then they moved to the church where I was at like like 20 years, 20-something years. Mm-hmm. I was like the home church. And I'm, I, I remember that church, I was four. So, and... That was a church that I had mentioned to you, like went through waves of different types of just some scandals, some teachings that you don't find in the Bible. So Mm -hmm. it, I definitely look back and I think if I was so attached to like people during like these times, I would have been thrown by, you know, the the Bible says you're thrown by every like wind that comes Mm -hmm. and tosses and turns you. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I had like good, solid examples at 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 home. That didn't mean though that I was saved. I just knew I had a lot of head knowledge, and I really did like love what God had done. But I never saw myself. I would say between the ages of like when I was a preteen mm-hmm. is when it really like hit me. You know, I mean, I was raised in a Christian school, raised in a Christian home. So from the ages of like three to like nine, I knew the word. I was doing my little devotionals. I was I was set. 
And then when I get to like preteen years and you start to like see what's out there in the world and anytime like an, if I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to a Christian school, but it's very like a close, tight knit community. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's like a new kid, you're like oh, the new kid, you know, <laughs> like <True>. what is it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. You're like, oh, what do they know about public school? And like, what are they going to bring? <laughs> So you're always like, ooh, like, tell us your stories. Yeah, I mean, my graduating eighth grade class was, like, less than 20 people, so. Wow. <laughs> it, it, a private school. It was a private, yeah, it was a private Christian wow. school. Yeah, it wasn't homeschool, but it, it's, like, similar, I would say, mm-hmm. in, in, in a type of way. And so I, yeah, so there were some new kids coming to our school, and they were telling us about, like, public school and, like, showing us some things. And the other thing. I would say sad thing was that I was learning more about the world from my friends at church. Mm. And that's why I tell people just be careful with who your friends at church with, especially as a teenager, mm. you're figuring everything out. Um, mm. Because a lot of my exposure to the world was because of friends in church mm. who were going to public school, like they weren't going to private school. And so they would tell me a bunch of things that I would always be at church. We know we had church during the week. We had church on Saturdays and then we'd be back on Sunday. Like church was a big part of our lives. And so we were always there with like the people. Mm -hmm. And that's where like I was, you know, first exposed to to all these things of the world. And during when I was a preteen, I just developed like this lust for the world. That's really what it was. You know, back then you're like, oh, why would I call it lust? Like, I'm not in adultery or anything. But mm-hmm. if you still lust, you know, Matthew, Jesus mm-hmm. calls it right out. Mm-hmm. If your heart desires it, I mean, that's that's lust. And mm-hmm. that's what I battled with between the ages of 10 to 13. Mm-hmm. Um, just with, like, wanting to be like the world. I thought, and I had deceived myself thinking, they have it better than what I have it. I wasn't... And that also goes to the fact I wasn't being as consistent with like my Bible reading. Mm. I wasn't being consistent with praying to to the to the Lord, and I never had really acknowledged that I had sinned against God. Like though you made a profession of faith when I was five, you were like five years old. But there was no conviction of sin Mm. that I had sinned against a holy God. Like I knew I had done something wrong, and for years I was just like hiding things from like my parents or from like the leaders at church, but it was never, it never clicked early on that I had sinned only against God because that's the only one that you need to be forgiven from. Mm -hmm. That's the only one that you really have sinned against. And I struggled with just that the lust for wanting what the world had. All my friends, they were either like in relationships or, you know, had, you know, someone that they were talking to and we were like, 11 like this is like early on and and so I was like oh man I like I want that you know I want that attention and and I look back thinking like what what was I thinking in the first place because and that's where the enemy really shames you because I had a background where I had two parents in the home like, it's not that I need to be, like, running away with someone. Mm-hmm. But still, I, I, I wanted those things. And the enemy, is, you know, brings you that, like, you had no reason to sin, but you still did it. Like, you still wanted to go after those things. And so I was battling a lot with just wanting to conform like the world. Because mm-hmm. I really had lied to myself and thought, oh, they have it better. Like, I want that attention. I want mm-hmm. those people 
in my life. And and that all came to like like a it was like a it's like a climax. I was 13 and I don't remember where I I was. I just remember I was in like some church like service. But I wasn't even paying attention to what they were talking about. <laughs> I was like in my head. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, like, is this what I'm supposed to do? Like, chasing after, like, guys' attention and, like, trying to be like my friends and dress like them and talk like them and just want those same things. Because it was getting very frustrating mm. to, like, be, like, at that at that level, like, with them and wanting those things. And I was getting really tired and kind of disgusted with myself as saying, mm. like, is this what I'm meant to do? It, like, am I really supposed to be chasing after this? Um, and... I just I remember being 13 and just saying, God, I've sinned against you. It like, And Psalms 51, like, it just, like, got to me. I was like, God, I've sinned against you. Like, please forgive me. Like, I want to live for you because I know that you've saved me. Like, you are the only one that can cleanse me and satisfy me. And so I think I was, yeah, I'm trying to think back. I think it was at church. I was somewhere, but I remember just having like this moment with the mm-hmm. Lord and saying like, I'm tired of this because it's not leaving me satisfied like I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. You know, I was acting nasty towards my parents, towards my friends, like your whole attitude changes mm-hmm. and you're like, this is not what 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 I was promised. And the Lord was very gracious to show me that I had sinned against him. And mm-hmm. that was like the first time that I really had a conviction of just that I had trespassed against God, like greatly. I had just felt so much guilt and sorrow mm-hmm. because I was exposed before God. It wasn't that I had told my parents. Anything. I was just like, God knew what I had done and what I had like wanted. And like, you just feel so exposed yeah. in that moment. And I used to always like judge David and be like, David like why did he sin you know how did he fall into yeah like this yeah. like this man had like everything and then he chose to do his own thing and I related to that like God mm-hmm. had blessed me and promised and you know he had just I mean, my parents would pray for me you know and and I and I had chosen you know I had chosen to sin against the, like the Lord and so it all goes back to the desires of of my own heart. My own heart was deceitful and it was wicked, like Jeremiah says. And I had never acknowledged that. I would always say, oh, something else, you know, but I had never said like, no, it's, it's, it's me. It's my heart. That's the problem. And I was just like, I like broke down. I remember just, it was God just convicting me, like letting me see what I had done and how I had just in, against against him. It wasn't anybody else. It was like really just against him. And yeah, I just remember Lord, like I just remember like crying out to the Lord and saying like, I'm not supposed to live like this. I really am not. And I don't remember exactly what I said. I just, I just, from, just remember just crying out to the Lord and just that Psalms 51 in, in my head. And, you know, I was like, God, God was very gracious, was very gracious towards me and very kind um, though I had sinned against him yeah. and there's no one good. And Mm-mm. I mean, being raised in the church, you think like you're the cream of the crop. Like you're <laughs> like the best Christian ever. <laughs> you think like those, th- those people who come to our church, you know, mm. those are the people that are like sinners and like need God. No, but we're sinners without the, 
the grace of Christ without, you know, his sacrifice, we're all condemned if we don't yeah. believe. And I was very prideful and self-righteous as a little 13-year-old. I mean, I thought, like, who, me? No. But I think of the verse in, I think it's 2 Corinthians, 5, uh, 2 Corinthians 7, which says there is, like, a, a sorrow that leads you towards repentance. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happened to me. I don't know yeah. what day that was. I just remember, like, the age. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, like, the day where I was like, no, I need to fully, like, give my life over to the Lord and not be a hypocrite, as strong as that word is. But that's what I was doing. I was going to church on Sundays, on Saturdays, and during the week. But I was living, like, my heart was very far away from the Lord. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, you know, God calls calls you out in the best way. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very common in Christian families, you know, like, for Christian kids. Like, being raised a um, in a Christian home, going to church and, and you just, you have the head knowledge, you have, mm-hmm. you know, just the, the answers to all the questions, probably in Sunday school, you know, it's like, oh yeah, but you know, that, all, yeah. all those sore drills, you <laughs> yeah. win, you know, but, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you're saved. And it, um, I think as we were listening in some of the sermons today, like we were dead in our trespasses mm-hmm. and sins. So a dead person can definitely not help himself cannot assist himself like cannot move a finger um but the lord is the one who has to come and give us life right like he is the one who has to bring true repentance in in our hearts so Mm -hmm. no one drove drove closer to the lord unless he calls you so um i think until that moment happened like you the things that you were describing you know like the desires that you were having well but that's because you were not born again that's because God had not truly done the surgery, the heart surgery mm-hmm. that he he does in all of us. Oh, like yeah. He gives us a new heart of flesh, right? So mm-hmm. it's just that reminder that until the Lord does that in our lives, there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. Like the Lord is the one. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Amen. And um, so you just described, you know, a little bit about the struggles that you had before salvation and, and just um, some of the things that were like really taking a grasp in your heart, like mm-hmm. things that you desire, that mm-hmm. it wasn't things that you desire from the Lord, but you desire things from the world, right? But then you cried out to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You asked him to forgive you. You 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 repented from your sins, right? And you're c- crying out to him, like you're calling out on the name of the Lord. So what are some of the changes that you begin to see in your life um, after that moment, after salvation, right? That the Lord just changes your life like what are some of the changes that you begin to see and notice so i remember i began to read a lot of a lot of scripture more Mm -hmm. scripture and being very consistent with my devotional time like bringing it back um like going back to your first love as Mm -hmm. the bible says you know going back to actually having a relationship so i noticed that there were things that i was saying or putting up a front that i wasn't living like Mm -hmm. from monday through friday or Monday through Saturday. So I was saying, I need to be transparent and be real with the Lord. So that took a change of friends. That I mean, and as a 14 or 15-year-old, you're like, oh, like you know, your friend group is so important to you. And I just remember having to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, my parents were very good with saying, I don't, you know, it's not wise for you. That's how they say, you know, 
it's not wise for you to go out with that person or mm-hmm. hang out with these people. And they would give me the reasons why. And I, I was more open to talking with them about things. Before I was very like, I'm going to decide. I was very like me centered and I'm going to just listen to myself. Um, but thankfully, and with the prayers of my parents, I was becoming more open to actually listening to them. And that was a big change. I remember having like talks, actual conversations with my mom and 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 my dad about like what should I do? Like trying to seek advice not from friends that were mm-hmm. like the same age as me, but from people from my from my parents first. Like they've already lived through life and are, yeah. you know, grounded in 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 the faith. And so I just remember it wasn't like a radical like I'm just going to not talk to these friends, but it was a slow progression of saying I won't either hang out at this area with them or I won't okay. watch these type of movies or shows or try to listen to this music. Um, so it was those kind of, I would say, like practical changes. Like more selective mm-hmm. with the things you expose yourself to. Definitely, because those are like doors that the enemy uses to just put his foot in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so for, you know, for, for me, it was about really going back to the word. Because I had always admired Timothy, the life of Timothy, and there's a there's a verse in there. I was reading it, and it completely captures like I feel what the Lord has done in my life. It was Second Timothy three fifteen that says that from a child you you knew that the that the holy scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, and that's what God did. He just he knew I ha- I knew the knowledge of the scriptures. So he knew that he could bring conviction because I had grown up with these scriptures. So I said, it's time to go back to that. It's time to go back to consistently reading the word and looking for advice in the right places and putting boundaries, setting limits for myself. Thankfully, having parents that were that were able to set those limits. Mm. Um, but that's what I was doing and just praying, having like a daily relationship with, with the Lord because I hadn't mm. been doing that. I hadn't been seeking God every single day. It had been like, if I feel like it, or like, if I go on Sundays and the word really touches me, like, yeah, I'll go to the Bible and read some scriptures. (laughs) But it wasn't a relationship. And that's what really affected me because I I knew that I was a hypocrite before. And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. If I'm truly born again, then I need to actually like live it out in my life. You know, God and... You know, the, the, the verse that the pastor went over to, you know, today, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, you were saved from sin, but for like for new life, you've mm-hmm. been regenerated, like renewed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't go back to how I was living because that's not at all how I would, how I should have been honoring the Lord with my life. Mm-hmm. And so I began, you know, just practically changing my friend group. Um, it was a tough first year, first couple of years, like being like saved because Mm -hmm. I went from going to a private Christian school that stopped at eighth grade going right into ninth grade at a public school so I went to public school for high school so it was like a huge like switch over but God was so patient and so kind that in high school he kept me from going to those parties from being with those types of friends that mm-hmm. and just listening to that type of advice or just getting involved in things that I sh- like I I I used to want to be involved in but I said no can't do that 
because like now I believe in the Lord. And so I really didn't like when people cursed around me. So I would kind of like exit the conversation. Um, and people would always be like, why are you leaving us? I was like, oh, I just don't want to be like around right now. Yeah. <laughs> or like when, you know, in high school, guys would, you know, try to like flirt with you. Be like, I'm going to change my seat. Like, I don't want any part of this. And so it was kind of lonely, like the first year, you know, of, of, of high school, but thank the Lord, you know, that he protected me from a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was really, truly seeking him. Like, just being honest and having a true relationship with him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, during this time, I was trying to read the scriptures and understand them without just someone telling me what to believe. Mm-hmm. That was important for me. Because I really relied on, before coming to the Lord, truly, like the faith of my parents. I'll just hop on their faith and just ride it out with them. Or I'll just believe what the pastor is saying. And mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. I was trying to be intentional about, is this the truth? Like, if what I've been raised with, is this actually in the Bible? You know, open your Bible, mm-hmm. actually having my Bible open, like during the service saying, is this the right verse? Is is he interpreting this correctly? Because I... I love being a student. If I wish a student was like a job, I would be a student like all of my life. Um, I love going to school. I love going to like campuses and just hanging out. Um, But yeah, so for me, I just really wanted to study the word and not just know the word, but live it out. Because like you said, head knowledge, but it's really about having like a heart for the Lord and a love Mm -hmm. for him. And so for, for, for me, that's, I remember high school was just that time of, saying, I really need to know who God is and and love him and follow him. And it didn't happen overnight. I struggled during that time, but God was very patient. Yeah. As he says, you know, love is long-suffering, very long-suffering <laughs> with me. Um, yeah. And just trying to just seek him, um, you know, with the fear of the, of, of the Lord. I remember hearing that phrase and being like, why should I be scared of God? <laughs> mm. As you, because if you don't study it, you just don't know. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. the fear of the Lord, because I had been reading a lot of Proverbs. My favorite Proverbs when I was like a little girl was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And then, you know, when you actually read it, you're like, wow, I have to actually, actually apply this to my life. And this is so tough to just trust in the Lord with all of my heart and acknowledge him. Um, but that's what I, that's what I had to do. So I remember reading a lot of Proverbs and Proverbs is a great book that talks about the fear of the Lord. Like that will keep you from going into the perverse way that will actually, if you abide in the fear of the Lord, that gives you satisfaction of, of, of life. What I was like wanting. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I need to actually like have reverence towards God. Like he's a holy God and he's sovereign. And so I was really learning like, like just the attributes of the Lord kind of starting over from scratch you kind of have to and yeah i was trying to just learn the truth because there's a lot of things going on people you know talking saying this is the truth no this is the way and you have to combat that with the actual like scriptures or you're gonna get lost yeah so you will say for what i hear is then like there was more obedience to the word of god um instead of rebelling Against your diligence, yeah, yeah, like sure. you know, listening to their advice because we are commanded to, you know, to obey our parents, right? Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So that's just um, 
to see that when we are we have truly repented mm. the word of god really convicts convicts our heart from any sin that we mm-hmm. have because you know like the lord is holy and he is perfect he's separated he is unique you know like mm-hmm. something that we definitely don't have and um Oh, so no true. sin goes unseen, you know, like, like he sees His everything. eyes are everywhere. <laughs> exactly. So, and just to see that, I mean, it's just the, the trying to make your faith your own, trying to really have a relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. not that I'm going to do, go to church or study because someone is expecting you to, but be, mm-hmm. because of your love for Christ, because of your love for the Lord. And that's what you would do it out of, right? Exactly. So you go through high school and like you said like the lord really protected you his hand was like really protecting you through all those years so then how what happened after like high school like college life like what are you going to oh, yes. what did you decide to do with your life after high school yes yeah, so i was i thought i had like a plan <laughs> after i graduated do. high school and I mean, during high school, during high school, also what I think I forgot to mention was that there was like this whole wave of like prosperity, like teaching that was trying to like come into like the church and trying to. And so I was like, this is not right. And so I was during high school and even into college, I was trying to read more into like, what, there are false prophets? What is this? Like, I thought everybody was a Christian. <laughs> um, and so it was a lot of that going on. And then also my studies. And so I graduated high school class of, I I won't say, so class of (laughs) a certain, a certain year. Um, And I really wanted to be a doctor. I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I wanted to be like a missionary doctor um, because I had grown up like reading a lot of missionary testimonies, AKA Amy Carmichael, (laughs) one of my favorite missionaries. (laughs) Her book is up there. Somewhere, somewhere a collection. There. I have it as there. well. Um, <laughs> but I really liked her story, and I was like, I'm going to go to a foreign country, and I'll and I'll just do this. And I got to college, and I chemistry was not my thing <laughs> at all. Chemistry was just not my thing, and so I was like, at least I'm going to graduate with a degree in biology. But I also fell in love with social work, and mm-hmm. so. That's what I'm doing right, right, right now is is social work, and I really love it. I love working with with people, even if I can't solve everything, <laughs> because yeah. it's tough. But yeah. I love working with people, and so during during just that time in college, thankfully I didn't live on campus, so I didn't get like sucked into like the whole like party scene um, or uh, trying to be part of like clubs or sororities. Um, I was, I was, a, I was a commuter. So I just like went back and forth <laughs> from where I live to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, long, long drive that I have to give a shout out to my dad. Cause he drove me for a lot of those years. Aww. Cause I was very scared to get my license <laughs> for a while in, in Maryland. I mean, I know, right. It how, took, how, it took me a while. How many drivers do you normally have? I know, right. <laughs> I, 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 you, you won't so catch hard. me going over like 70 <laughs> I, I'm I'm very like cautious because <laughs> I was really scared to just take the test, and so okay. my 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 dad is so so sweet. He loves to drive, so mm. he would drive me. So I was I was a commuter for for a good four yeah it was a good four years that I was in college. Then you went, so you decided to become a social worker when you went to. So I still was like, I'm gonna be a doctor. Like oh, you were. Still I was so convincing myself, okay. but I really liked social work, so I just decided to major in it. 
as you normally just you just choose to do something you're like yeah "Yeah, sure why not and then I was like no I'm still gonna be a doctor so I wanted to pursue like a gap year like from the time I graduate you can take like a year to figure out what you want to (laughs) do before you go to med school um and some people try to like get like a job to like you know updo their their resume or get like another degree that kind of helps them get into medical school so that's what I thought I was going to do. I was going to get a degree to get into medical school. And I there's a degree called, it's called bioethics degree. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I went to a school in Cleveland thinking, okay, this is a degree and then I'm going to go off to med school, right? Because my grades are going to be so good now. Um, and I just, and I was living, that was the first time I lived like alone by myself. Um and I was like, this is such a new experience. Like, this is great. I'm living on on, on my own, which brought in the whole uh, challenge of make your faith real again. Mm-hmm. Like, this time, like, you're not with your parents. Mm-hmm. You're on your own. So you have to be real. Like, this is God's watching. God, God was watching everywhere. But you kind of have, like, a safety net when you're at home. Mm-hmm. You kind of are, like, in this bubble and you go out and you like live on your own and you have to make it your own really like yeah. the faith and so i was living on my own in cleveland it was only for a year mm-hmm. and, and then that's when god in his providence knowing everything he let me get accepted into this program i had my plans but the lord directs my steps mm-hmm. as the word of god says and I fell in love with this, like with this major, with this career. And I was Social like, work. with bioethics. Oh, I bioethics. know. Oh, wait. I'm know. just everywhere. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm working as a social worker, like to get experience in the medical field. And, uh-huh. but I'm also, I'm also in, in school right now online getting my, my, my postgrad. Okay. For bioethics. Okay. So yeah, it's not like a straight like a to b to c yeah <laughs> it's like i took so many twists and turns so when people were like i don't know what to do i'm like i get you <laughs> I, I i i was there i also didn't really know what to do until like yeah god thankfully like pointed me in in the right direction and so yeah i i fell in love with that degree and so i finished with my with my with my master's there and i'm pursuing um a doctorate now um online god just worked that out because i didn't know anything about that major but he like just put it like right in front of me and i wasn't thinking of moving i was i was very much of the idea i'm gonna stay in maryland for the rest of my life (laughs) which is funny where i am today but um (laughs) i really was like i'm gonna stay in maryland forever like this is where i'm gonna lay down my roots and everything and god was like well we're just gonna try you out in cleveland and I graduated and um, having trouble finding a job, as any graduate knows, it's mm-hmm. hard to find a job. And God placed me at, you know, a great, a great job at the time in Maryland to get, you know, my feet kind of wet with like the social worker case manager type of role. Mm-hmm. And then God decided to just uproot me, <laughs> um, you know, during 2021 mm-hmm. into where I am now in California. I'm still and working. So how do you end it up in California? Oh, how like, did I end yeah, up? Yeah. Well, how do I even know? No. Um, yes, you do. <laughs> I, yeah. And it's, it's, <laughs> and I, I am like hesitating or pausing because I still look back and I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm amazed at God's providence, just his timing with everything. Um, and I, I've loved using that 
that has been like the word for me like this year like god is so providential and isaiah 55 8 through 9 comes to mind like my plans are not his plans my thoughts are not his thoughts like his thoughts are higher and i'm so thankful for that Mm. um so i was trying to find a job that was in the healthcare field Mm -hmm. because i was working more with social work but in um social services social welfare with children and I love children, if anyone knows me. I love children. But I wanted to move into more healthcare. And so I had been applying for like four months. I was still working because when you grow up, you're like, I shouldn't leave my job until I actually have a job secured. Mm-hmm. That's like the smart thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone, you know, is trying to find a job. Um, but I was I was at my current job, but I was I was searching. I was like, Lord, like I really I want to be in this field because of the degree that I'm pursuing, you have to be involved in the field and I have to have experience. And so I've, I've learned to be patient with how the, this whole career is working out. I wanted to rush and just do this and like be done and retire at 40, you know, be a millionaire. <laughs> but I was like, no, this is going to take some time and yeah. it's okay to be patient with building up your career. So I had been applying for a bunch of jobs all over the U.S., I had been applying to Maryland, nothing. So I was like, let me go to Virginia or D.C. <laughs> and then nothing happened. And I said, okay, well, let's just try the whole U.S., mm-hmm. you know, the whole, the whole of, 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 like, America. And this is, like, all during the pandemic. So, I mean, crazy because no one was really hiring during the pandemic. Yeah. And I was very blessed to have the job that I that I did have. And I'm like, God, like, I don't know what your plan is, but I, I just really... I want you to just to lead me and I just put it in your hands. I just, I was at a point where I had a lot of peace with, with what God would do, even though I didn't know like what my next step was, mm-hmm. but I just put my applications everywhere. And then I happened to apply to, um, a job in, in California and they were the only, that was the only company that accepted my like call for an interview I went in for the interview through Zoom because, you know, we're still during this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, That's how it's going. And so I went in for my interview. It was during, it was, it was, it was on Zoom. And 15 minutes after I'm finished, I get a call saying, hey, we want you for this position. That's never oh. happened to me before. And I was like, wait, are you sure? Because <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, like, do you want a second interview or do you actually like want to hire me? They're like, no, we want to start the hiring process with you. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I moving like across the country to Mm -hmm. a different state? I remember telling my parents and my, and, and, and my brother and just saying, we're going to California. (laughs) Like, I just like, oh my gosh, we're going to California. And they were like screaming and we just hugged and we were like so excited and then, you know, I'm thinking, like, how am I going to get there? What's going to happen? You know, all of the questions that come into your head about, like, real life. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. But I saw that as the first, like, hand, you know, God showing off, like, what he was trying to do. Because I had mm-hmm. no idea. And so the first day I came to California, because I'd never been to California. I'd never been across the... I've only been on, like, the East Coast. <laughs> so I'd never been, like, across the country. Yeah, yeah. And... Funny enough, the first day that I was in San Francisco um, to get my driver's license was the 23rd of, of April. 
and tomorrow's the 23rd of August. So it's like almost, oh, yeah, yeah, almost the anniversary of it. <laughs> but, and yeah, so I came to California and I just remember being very emotional. Like, what am I, what, what am I doing here? I had no idea. And I remember in, in May is when I officially moved May of, May of 2021. And I had, I was just looking at the apartment and everything. I mean, I had gotten that apartment in less than a week. I mean, everything happened wow. so quickly that like my friends and my family was like, how did this happen so quickly or so fast? And I, I moved out here. Um, and I was like, okay, well I have to like get connected. And thankfully the Lord had already found a church for me before I even moved, which is his own providence, you know, of course. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, I mean, that, this has been like the biggest move that I've ever like done. But God has shown himself to be faithful every step of the way, just with things like, you know, the license and your car and things like that. The job. Just the job, the people, you know, actually having a good environment to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the cases that I have, so he's been very good just to give me strength and his, his, his grace really has yeah. been like keeping me together. Yeah. And you've already been able to plug in into the church, like oh, yeah. getting to know, you know, I mean, the, the way that you've described it, like you already are pretty active, just like getting to know the body mm-hmm. and like, you know, the fr- the family and the church and all oh, yeah. of that. So it's a great, it's a, yeah, I really like the body of Christ there. Yeah. They were very welcoming. Um, I had to be kind of like extroverted because I'm very like mm, yeah. quiet. <laughs> to, I'm really quiet into myself. Um, yeah. But you kind of, ha- if you're kind of new, you have to be, you have to kind of seek out like, where can I grow? What can mm-hmm. I do? So I'm connected to a, they call it like a life group. So it's like a small group. It's like a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And the, the, I mean, the leaders there have been very welcoming it's been very good um, doctrinal word, which is mm-hmm. very important because yeah. it's tough to find a good church. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Oh, especially in the States. Yeah. It's like any church is calling themselves Christians. <laughs> you know, like know. anyone, like everyone just calls themselves Christian. There's things called gospel. That's not the gospel. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, definitely that it's really important, especially when you're moving away like from your family, the church and everything to making sure that you're, you get plugged in and you have worked with like children's ministry. Was it like back home that you back did home. that? And yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about the experience about that, like working and what brought you to work with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've always liked working with kids and it's because as a kid, the word was like so taught to me mm-hmm. and I fell in love with the Lord. Like as like a kid, I just loved, you know, the parables and I loved the stories that were actually real stories. Like there was mm-hmm. a man called David and there was a Goliath and God did help him win. Like I, I loved those stories. Um, and even going to Christian school, like you just are, you know, you're just like inundated with all of this, like the gospel. And so I was like, man, you know, I really want to help kids learn the gospel. And, you know, um, I worked with kids that were, I worked on the worship team, but the worship, and when I say worked on the worship team, I don't mean like singing professionally because I don't sing professionally. But thankfully, when you're you're working with kids, you don't have to sing professionally. So they accepted it. (laughs) They just take it. They just took it, you know, and you know, the church is always asking for kids volunteers. And so, um, yeah, I was working with the kids ministry for like 
since 2010, like okay. back in my home church, um, or the church I had in Maryland. And I was doing some of the worship, like some of like, like the little dancing, like the moves and some of the, of, of the teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I would help with the, the nine to 11 year old, or I'm sorry, the eight to nine year olds. Okay. And I really like that age because that age is really where I feel like I stepped away Mm-hmm. from being consistent with the word of God. And then that's what kind of led me away from the Lord, really. When you just talk to kind of older kids about how they can actually live this out in their life, it's not just a story. It's like you li- you are having a real relationship with the Lord and you're living it out in what you say and how you live and how you interact with, with your parents and yeah. what you watch when no one else is watching, how you <laughs> have integrity. And a lot of those kids... I mean, you have like a mixture of parents that are at the church and parents that don't go to church. So mm-hmm. that's where they're seeing a lot of their examples from. And so I really liked working just with those with with those ages. When I whenever I find children's content that's good, I latch on because it's so tough to find good children's curriculum or anything during the pandemic. I mean, we we closed everything. Yeah. So we couldn't have kids church really. And I was, oh man, I like, I, I, I missed it. I really did. I loved serving with the kids on Sundays. And so I just remember finding a curriculum. Um, it was online. It was through Facebook. Of course, everything was found through Facebook. <laughs> During the pandemic, everybody was on Facebook. Everywhere on social media. <laughs> everybody you know? was on social media. Yeah. And yeah, I just like latched on. It was the Generations of Grace. She's the biggest fan of Generations of Grace. So I am. For anyone who doesn't know what Generations of Grace is, is yeah. so basically they um, have made curriculum for teaching basically the Bible to kids, but mm-hmm. now they also um, created this app, the Generations of Grace app, where they have uh, the famous Ranger Joe. Ranger and- Joe. <laughs> check, check out season two. I'm just going to plug it in right here. It's season one and two. Go yeah. check it out. Yeah. So they have amazing video content yes. for kids just um, teaching them the Bible, teaching them the word of God. And the mm-hmm. Ranger Joe is more like, uh, how can I uh, dramatize or like? Yeah. yeah it's so a they good have, story. Yeah. You so they have different stories, it. but yeah. all tied, uh, tied up to the, the gospel, Bible, yeah. to the gospel. But they also have like teaching moments. So they have pastors from our church, Grace Community Church, where they bring different teachings for mm-hmm. kids. And it's also, um, they're using the curriculum to teach. And it's also helpful for the teachers who are using this curriculum oh, yeah. to go and watch those videos. And then uh, it will be helpful for them to, te- to teach, you know, using the curriculum book that they have. So it's amazing. Yeah. So if anyone, parents, moms, whoever... <laughs> To, for their kids, it's a, it's an amazing content. So yeah, so she's the biggest the biggest fan of Ranger Joe that I, I know. I, I am, and I I actually met Ranger Joe. So <laughs> yeah, now during this weekend that she came down this to weekend, yeah. yeah, met Ranger Joe and Bobby. And <laughs> <laughs> well, Bobby, you met him up before, north. Yeah, yeah, up north, up yeah, north, yeah. Um, and so I found this. Yeah, I just found them through Facebook because I had been following Grace Community Church on Facebook you know, normally, like, you know, you just like the page and you get yeah. their content. And they posted a video from Generations of Grace. And it was a moment of truth. And it's just these simple three, like less than three minutes of mm-hmm. just like how to apply like the truth. And it's just, it's just very, it's very biblical yeah. for like a kid's attention span. Yeah. 
And for my attention span, let's just be honest, <laughs> you know, three minutes is good enough for me to learn anything. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is great. This is so clever. This yeah. is like fantastic. And so, you know, I went down that like wormhole of generations of, of, of grace and all their content, downloaded all the streaming, was watching. And I really liked the teaching tips. Yeah. Um, and during this time, like I'm not teaching kids like this is all for myself, for my own edification, because our kids' church is closed. So I'm kind of like thinking when it reopens, like, you know, I can kind of introduce like all these stories and all these ways to teach the gospel with like a central truth and supporting things. And yeah. so, but this is like, this is just for me, like, yeah. you know, and I'm not the demographic that they're <laughs> looking for, but I was like, oh, this is fantastic. It was a great investment and it's biblical, which mm-hmm. is great. And it's just so creative how they present yeah the the lessons yeah and so i'm over here soaking up all this content for myself and when i when i when i move i'm thinking well i want to get plugged into to a church and i want to start like helping out with the kids ministry um and thankfully the church where i'm going to like their kids ministry is open so the kids are having kids church again and so i go and i sign up i'm like i'm ready to volunteer they're like okay great and they give me the curriculum that they're going to use like the lesson and I'm, I'm reading through it. I'm one of like the small group kind of people that guides the kids throughout the whole like stations, reading with them, the passage, yeah. doing the questions with them. And so I'm reading over this lesson and it's about God providing for Abraham. And I felt very connected to that, to that message because of what God was doing in my personal life, mm-hmm. him just providing for the move. And so I'm over here reading it and thinking, this sounds really familiar. This sounds a lot like a like a teaching tips video that I used to watch. And I'm comparing the curriculum. And in God's providence, our church uses Generations of Grace. <laughs> a year after I find them is when yeah. I'm going to actually be using them with the mm-hmm. kids in, in, in the classroom. And that was, I was blown away. I was like, this is crazy. Like, who yeah. would have thought? God knew, obviously, but... I had no idea that I would actually be using the content that I had been like watching like for such a long time. And that's just God's hand right there. I'm I'm shocked. (laughs) Yeah. And the Generations of Grace app, it's for free. It is (laughs) free. You can download it. Yeah. Yeah. They have amazing (laughs) teachings. I've I've watched some of the videos and I mean, I have been able to share with my little brother Mm -hmm. who's 10 years old. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So it's, it's very helpful just in the way that they illustrate and the the way that they explain the stories that are so understandable for the kids. You know, it's so wonderful. And the quality is amazing too. High good production co- yeah high audio. production so shout out yeah. to the production team whoever they yeah. are some of our friends <laughs> <laughs> who uh yeah who worked so hard um but yeah it, they're doing such a wonderful job just through everything that yeah. they're doing so now you're here in california and we don't know what the lord has in store for you in the future just trusting him trusting the lord trust the lord with all your heart yeah there you not go. on your own understanding yeah mm-hmm Exactly. So let's jump now then to our signature questions. <laughs> like you should oh, know I this question. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Like, oh no. Do I know them? I I do. <laughs> wow. Well, you mentioned one of your favorite, I guess, like author or books before. So yeah, just some of your favorite books. Okay. Well, any Amy Carmichael book. Um, but I really, I'm, I'm reading through, so I haven't finished it yet. Um, 
A Chance to Die by El- mm-hmm. Elizabeth Elliot, which detail. Yeah. Sorry, it's right out there. I know it's up here. Right there, it details the life of, of of Amy Carmichael and just her her missionary work. So I'm reading mm-hmm. through that, and that's very good. And I have a couple that um, I read them in the past that were fundamental to just my growing with the Lord mm-hmm. and in the right doctrine. Mm-hmm. And the first one, funny enough, this one's in Spanish. There is, it was originally written in English, but for some reason, I only have and only read the Spanish copy okay. <laughs> for some reason. It's called El Principio de la Pureza by Randy Alcorn. So the principle so the of, beginning of purity. Yeah. The beginning or the, I think it's principle of purity. Oh, the principle of pu- yeah. purity. Yeah. The principle of purity. It's, it's a short book. So it's. Mm-hmm completely like you can read through it but it's just amazing and it talks about just purity and how to recognize lust and it just gives examples of people like that he's mentored and how they were following the lord and had their wife and they fell into like adultery and just to see how that really contaminates and can corrupt a relationship and it's just it's just a great book to keep you centered on what is the sanctity, you know, what, what it is to be clean before the Lord and to have the fear of God. Mm-hmm. And I remember I read, my mom gave me that book cause she, mm-hmm. I mean, I would like take my mom's book sometimes, but so she has like her like little library. And I just remember I read that book and I was like, this applies to what really I was battling with mm-hmm. as like a preteen. And so I, I do recommend that book. Um, there's a book called God has a wonderful plan for your life by Ray comfort, really destroying the whole narrative of God's going to prosper you. Like God's going to give you everything that you want. Like that's why you should become a Christian because God has a wonderful plan for your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we've heard those yeah. people say, you know, come to the Lord and he's going to take away your loneliness and take away your dissatisfaction. He's going to mm-hmm. give you everything. And that was a good book for me to read because that was during the time where I was really leaving behind, even following the prosperity. I don't even like to call it gospel because it's not the prosperity gospel. It's just the prosperity teaching. Yeah. So I I, re- I recommend that okay. book is really good. God has a wonderful plan for your life by Ray Comfort, and their his ministry has been Living Waters has been very helpful to me. He is one of the evangelists that always goes down to Huntington beach mm. and has like a camera and talks to people okay. like, I think, I've, are you I've a good person? <laughs> and they think, yeah, of course I yeah, am. Yeah. And seen, yeah. yeah. So he does his ministry along with Kirk Cameron, who's the actor mm-hmm. from left from left behind. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the, the movie that I watched from Kirk Cameron was, uh, fireproof. Okay. So it's him, watched, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That movie. That's true. He yeah, was that movie. was like one of the first movies <laughs> I ever watched from him, I think. It was by my uncle, my uncle. <laughs> yeah, so, Movie nights on my uncle. That's what we used to do back <laughs> in New York. <laughs> Every Sunday was like movie nights in the evening. Oh, that's like great, Christian though. movies. Yeah. So yeah. Ray Comfort and his ministry, they really do a good job. And um, the other book that I can think of is Trust God to Write Your Story by Nancy Lee. Okay. She's not Demos. She's Walgamuth now. Right. Um, yeah. So that book... It was it was really helpful to me to give it to the Lord, to mm-hmm. just give everything to God and trust in his providence. I think that was one of the first books where I actually started to study, like, what is the providence of God? Like, 
is that an actual attribute that he has? Of course. Mm. Yes, it is. You know, but sometimes we, we think that we're, that we're in control. And so mm. it's good to humble ourselves mm. and know that yeah. God's perfect will is going to be accomplished no matter what we do, because, you know, it's another lie that, you know, we can stop God's will, you know? Mm-hmm. No. So I would say those are like the top three that I'm thinking right now. Oh, top four. Sorry. Yeah. That's good. I'm thinking right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have probably more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really like to read. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you're always buying books too. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. So the next question is, what are three things that brings you joy? Okay. So I would say a full house. Like, uh, not like the TV show. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I like being in a house where there's like company and food. Just my family together. Mm-hmm. That really gives me a lot of joy. Just knowing where people are, like that they're here and, you know, we can eat together, we can have like dinner, we can watch a movie together, but just having like a house that's like full, I really, that really gives me a lot of, a lot of joy. Even if I have to like get something outside, like I don't really cook too much, um, but if I can bring food in and have like yeah. my house full with people, I really, I really enjoy that. Maybe cleaning up after is a little bit, uh, but <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I really, and this might be something because of the kids ministry, I really enjoy it when kids like they kind of had this like light bulb moment where they understand a scripture or a verse it just it gives me like a little warm feeling here um i just love when kids are able to understand how much god loves them and how much he has you know has done all this work for them to know who he is and you know just working with kids really does give me a lot of joy yeah one last one last one god's love i know it's a little bit like of course you know but recently i've just learned how god's love is so sufficient it really covers everything and it's it's it just satisfies you you know nothing can separate me from his love and i really hold on to that um God has been very patient with me, very kind. And those are all attributes of love. And so I would say the love of God has really been, it gives me joy knowing that someone cares for me, that he cares for me. Mm-hmm. And that even before I was born, he was He was caring for me. And he cared so much that he sent me Jesus. So mm-hmm. the love of God really has held me um, when I felt very like either heartbroken over things God's love has been consistent and Mm. that's not because I'm so lovable. That's because he is, he is truly just full of love. That's who he is. And yeah. And you know, the Bible says, you know, faith and hope and love are there, but the ultimate thing that's going to remain is love. So, Mm -hmm. and the last question is why do we need Jesus Christ? We are sinners in need of a savior. Mm -hmm. We have all sinned before God. We've all, Romans 3, no one, no one is righteous, not even one. We all need the work that was done at the cross. Mm -hmm. You know, doesn't matter if we recognize it in the last moments of our lives, um, like the thief did on on the cross and Jesus had mercy with him. Mm -hmm. But we are just desperate need of, of a savior and we need to acknowledge our sinful state we won't see 
that that the the need for Jesus that we have the gospel is is that word of truth it's mm-hmm. it's our salvation and without mm-hmm. that we are not just lost mm-hmm. we are condemned and God didn't create us to be condemned we've chosen our way you know like I love Isaiah 53 it just lays it out we all like sheep have gone astray all of us, mm-hmm. we were, you know, but he was pierced for my transgressions. He was the one that took, you know, the burden for my, the chastisement for my peace was on him. Mm-hmm. You know, God created me to have a relationship with him mm-hmm. and I stepped away and I need to be made born again and be brought back to him with the righteousness that is only found in, in, in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so for me, we are sinners and that's why. And we need to recognize that. And that's, you know, God can give us that understanding. But we have to come to the Lord with a humble heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God says, you know, the sacrifice that I don't despise is a broken and contrite spirit. And that's mm-hmm. what we need. We need to really say, I need to be poor in spirit. I, you know, I was created to glorify the Lord and to serve mm-hmm. him. But we're, we're, we are we are sinners without the blood of Jesus Christ, without accepting that, that we need him. Yeah, amen. Well, thank you, Andrea, for joining me. Thank, thank you. you for sharing just, your, you know, the wonderful work of the gospel in your life of Jesus Christ. And like you said, we all need that Savior. There is no one righteous before the Lord. He is holy and no sin will be allowed to enter his presence. Mm-hmm. And we need that Savior. We need that mediator and he is the one who you know who justifies us so it's, it's christ's righteousness that has been imputed to us Amen. every and, day yeah and so yeah thank you so much and friends thank you again for joining us just in closing andrew will you just close us in prayer sure thing yeah all right lord we want to thank you for this time that you've brought us here together thank you that um you can be glorified through these means that You may, Lord, encourage all of us to continue to follow you and reach out um, with the light of the gospel to those that do not know you, open up their hearts to understand, and that we may realize that we will never know enough to not need you, that we need every every single day um, to speak with you. We need your word to guide us, Lord, and we just ask that you may bless this time that we have together and that you you know who has to listen to this, um, that you may just be magnified and exalted. And it's not about a person. It's about you, the, the work that you have done and that you will do in other people's lives. In the name of Jesus. 